Another digital, another digital, another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Last Christmas I gave you my heart, but the very next day you gave it away. This year I'm giving you this episode of this podcast, so you better listen, listen, listen. Hello, everybody. Merry Christmas and hello, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. How's it going? It is Christmas. It's almost Christmas, right? Yeah. It's it's it is as close as we can come on this podcast. That's true. Uh, yeah. It's it's the Christmas show. Is that yeah? It's Christmas week. We should say that. A few days yes. left. Uh. Is it going to be a white Christmas in Norway? I don't think it's going to be a white Christmas here. Of course it's going to be a white Christmas in Norway. Is it always a white Christmas in Norway? Uh, no, but I live in the snow hole of Norway. <laughs> right, okay. I mean, we had the Winter Olympics in 1994 because there's a lot of snow here, look. Uh, that, well, yeah, obviously. But I mean... Is it unusual for it not to be snowing in Lillehammer? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. I would say it would probably be unusual for it to snow on Christmas here. It happens occasionally, but it's more than likely not happening. Usually we get big snow in, like, January, not December. So, yeah. Uh, shortest day of the year today, Fro. Mm-hmm. That means this is going to be one long podcast. That's how we do it. We pick the shortest day and then have the most. I, I was so, I did so much podcast stuff yesterday. It, I think I started doing podcast stuff at like noon and finished at like seven or something. It was podcast stuff day yesterday. Yeah, yeah. No, I I'm not going to say how many movies I've seen this week, but uh, it's up there. Yeah, it is up there. I mean, we're doing best and worst movies of the year for 2022 a little later in the show. Mm -hmm. That's always fun. Always a fun segment. Yeah. It's one of my favorite segments, actually. It's it's not hard, but until, like, because we watch so many movies, obviously you're going to have some to pick from. It gets harder, like, when you get down to, like, the final... Getting into a final five. That's when you're like, right. is this going to be four or is this going to be... Yeah, that's. but we'll talk about that I later. I mean, you and me together have seen at least 50 movies together this this year. So, oh, mean, right, right, yeah. Something <laughs> like that, right? Around? But yeah, around there somewhere. <laughs> I, I can say right before we get into it, I, I'm pretty sure I saw less movies this year than last year, but probably more, oh, me more TV is my guess, yep, but me too. I don't know yep. yet because I haven't done that list until next week. So I, I've started looking at it. Uh, I can say the quality of, of movies this year is definitely not as good as last year. I didn't, there wasn't that standout, like really weird Luke movie this year. Yeah, for sure. Well, actually, uh, since we're going to talk a lot about that, let's go directly, because that's how I say that word now, um, into the news. I think that's uh, correct. The, like, directly, yeah, that works. I don't think that's... But it, it, but it, it sounds like I say die, like dying and rectly. 
erectly. It's erectly. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like like you're dying words. erect. <laughs> Die erectly. Because <laughs> I don't think rectly is a word, so you'd have to like put an e at the beginning erectly. of it. Erectly, dying, directly. Yeah. It means I die a happy man, I guess. I guess so. Um, <laughs> but, uh, gosh. <laughs> oh, that got me. Uh, uh, yes, House uh, January 6th Committee recommends criminal charges against Trump. Uh, the House panel investigation into the violent January 6th uh, attack on the U.S. Capitol urged the Justice Department on Monday to seek charges against Trump for his extensive efforts to overturn the uh, oh his election loss. Lawmakers recommend charges on four counts stemming from Trump's month-long effort to stay in power after his defeat. Uh, these include obstruction of an official proceeding, conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to make false statements, and efforts to incite, assist, or... Oh, and efforts to incite... Uh, assist or aid comfort of an ex insurrection. Yeah, I mean, this means absolutely... Well, saying that it doesn't mean anything is kind of maybe a little overdoing it, but... It's a referral to the Department of Justice. The de then the Department yeah. of Justice has to actually uh, take those referrals and follow up on them, which there is no, like laws or requirements for the D Department of Justice to do that. The Department of Justice is also doing its own current investigation. So what they can't what can happen is that the investigation that was done by the panel, that evidence can then be put into the Department of Justice's other investigation and you know that evidence will be compiled as part of that investigation and then maybe that something will come out of that. But it doesn't mean that, like, the Department of Justice is going to uh, necessarily uh, charge him with any of these specific laws, crimes, I mean. Right, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, it's I, I, I personally think this is interesting, but it's not that... Well, it's just been going on for so long. Uh, yeah. This January 6th panel has been going on since, what, November or something? A while? Uh, uh, probably longer than that. How I don't even know how long it's been. Months and months and months. Um, and it was, like, fairly big news, especially towards the beginning of it. And it seemed like people kind of... It kind of fell out of the news cycle towards the middle. And then right here at the end, starting to get picked up. But... Uh, Oh, it says an 18-month-long investigation. 18 months. Wow, it was... Yeah, it was a while, right? Yeah. It's been forever, yeah. So, la Gosh. yeah, last November. Um, I still I still can't come over that we did that completely live. That it was one bonkers episode. Oh, when the on January the, it just yeah. happened to coincide, and and not only just coincide like the same day that it happened as we were like starting, as we were starting, yeah, right. And we didn't even we weren't like oh let's let's uh wait. We just kind of went with it. It was a yeah not terribly cohesive show because we kept cutting away no. to other things, but um probably important uh for posterity. 
I, I mean, that episode is called Wait, Extra News, uh, Wait, Extra News, Wait, Extra News, or something like that. <laughs> it's like, it was, it was, it was so weird, that episode, yeah. I listened to it the other day, so I was like, hmm, that, uh, that, that is such a weird episode. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I do think, I mean, it won our, our uh, uh, tournament for the biggest scandal that year. And I do think that we, we were right putting it in, in there because it, it still has ramifications to, to this day. So. It says here, Trump did not directly address reports about the finding. Uh, including the core tenant that he goaded his followers into action, but didn't join them himself. But he did repeat his unfounded claims that the election was rigged and stolen, in air quotes. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't. I, I think one thing that I've always said in the past is Trump is a rich white guy, and we're, generally rich white guys don't go to jail in America. So I don't think he's going mm -hmm. to jail for anything. Will he get in trouble for this? I don't know. It's unlikely. I doubt it very much. It will probably not even make it harder for him t to run for an election. It will actually probably help him, sadly, because his whole point of view is that this is a witch hunt and everybody's against him. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you ask uh, mega, mega people, uh, like they will, will even say today that that uh, Donald Trump won the election that year, so... Uh, from what I've seen this week, uh, people are not happy with Donald Trump, and the polls, for the first time, are showing DeSantis in better position for 2024 than Trump. Yeah, like, I, 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 I think that's so much better, look. Well, I'm not saying... I'm just, I'm just saying... <laughs> you're, what you're saying is, like, uh, yeah, yeah. the whole the whole Trump thing of like them following him to the ends. Uh, apparently the ends was, uh, an NFT scam because now they're all leaving. <laughs> Once they saw that, they're like, okay, that is enough of that. The, the worst thing about that news is that they sold out under half an hour after it was released. Luke, so they sold out of JPEGs. How do you run out? Yes. of? How do you run out? I don't fucking know. Right, exactly. You can't <laughs> run out. Uh, like, there's... It's a full... Like, it's a... It is more or less Artificial impossible. scarcity, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They could just create more. They don't... There's no running out. That's just silly. Okay, let's move on. Uh, U.S. Uh, United States status. I, I don't know why, why I always say that when I say U.S. Everybody knows it's United States, but... Uh, anyway... It could be that we have people that are listeners that don't know what U.S. is. Uh, but anyway, United, sorry. Uh, United States uh, to send 1.8 billion in aid. And uh, that is Patriot batteries uh, to Ukraine. Uh, this is to aid the Ukrainian military in a massive package that will, f for the first time, include Patriot missile systems and precision-guided bombs for... Fighter jets, U.S. officials said Tuesday, as the Biden administration prepares to welcome Zelensky uh, to Washington, the U.S. officials described details on the aid, of the aid on condition of anonymity 
because it has not yet been announced, the aid signals an expansion by the U.S. in the kinds of advanced we weaponry that it will send to Ukraine to bolster the country's air defenses uh, against Russian missile strikes. The package, which was expected to be announced Wednesday, will include about $1 billion in weapons from the Pentagon and another $800 million in funding through uh, the Ukrainian Security Assistance Initiative, which funds weapons, ammunition, training, and other assistance. So, uh, yeah, n another almost $2 billion uh, to Ukraine. I'm pretty sure the last time we talked about it was $19 billion, so I think we're at yeah. around 21 so something like that, billion dollars. Yeah, uh, they're sending uh, the guys a lot of money, but in in a way, that you're sending yourself money, because they, what they use it is on weapons. And where do they buy weapons? Well, it's from America, so yeah. Well, I mean, we're not sending them just money, we're sending them Right. Money in weapons. Right. Yes, but they use also weapon uh, money on weapons. So it's kind of like, yeah. Sure, I guess so. Um, yeah, Zelensky is, is said to be coming to talk to Congress, to address Congress, uh, to ask for even more weapons. Uh, that's mm. going to be happening this week sometime, is what I'm going to understand. I think it was today, actually. Uh... Okay, to meet Wednesday. Yeah, well, I guess it hasn't happened yet. Uh, but they're supposed. To, it says they're supposed to meet today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought I met met already. I thought it was today, like now. During, uh, oh, okay. So they're supposed to meet with Congress. They haven't met with Congress. He hasn't met with Congress yet, but he did meet with Biden. That's the thing. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um. Biden invited Zelensky to Washington to reinforce the U.S. stands with Ukraine for as long as it takes. During their meeting, Biden will commit $2 billion in additional, which we just talked about. Uh, Zelensky came to address Congress uh, later this evening. There we go. And this comes as lawmakers prepare to vote on $45 billion in emergency aid uh, to Ukraine. So another $45 billion. Um, the U.S. has provided about $68 billion in military, economic, and humanitarian assistance to Ukraine since uh, the beginning of the fighting. $68 billion? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a lot more than I thought it was. Yeah, that's, uh, that's some dough, bro. And then they want to give another 45 and he said two. Yeah. So we're, a, a, after this week, it's going to be, if they agree to this, over $100 billion. Uh, quite a bit over $100 billion, actually. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's almost like it's a war or something, and people are profiteering from it or something, and it costs a lot or something, and people are losing lives or something. Uh, yeah. It's almost like I'm against it or something. Oh uh, yeah, a hundred hundred twenty billion dollars is a lot uh to put into something that uh. They, that you wouldn't expect, that you're not expecting to get something out of, right? I guess we've said that before, but... How much would that help American healthcare? I'm pretty sure I, that would help a lot. Uh, a lot, a lot. Yep. And people wonder why I'm a pacifist. That's what I have to say. Hey, uh... The biggest dipshit alive, uh, Harvey Weinstein, uh, found guilty of 
rape and sexual assault. Yay, I say. Uh, in Los Angeles, after a month-long trial in uh, nine days of deliberation, L.A. jurors on Monday found him guilty of rape and sexual assault in one of the four accusers he was charged with abusing. But the three guilty counts involve an Italian actor and model, excuse me, known as Jane Doe One, still struck a major blow against the disgraced movie mogul. Uh, he was found guilty... Uh, in court involving a woman who said she appeared to uninvite uh he appeared to uninvite at her hotel room during what is un in oh uninvited uh he appeared to be uninvited at her hotel room during a los angeles film festival in 2013 um weinstein was acquitted of sexual battery allegations by a massage therapist in uh who which this happened in 2010 uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is just one of many um, charges he's facing, right? Yeah, the jury was unable to reach a decision uh, uh, on con to on counts involving two accusers, though. So that that will be interesting to see, uh, because there will be a another trial. I'm assuming. Because a, a mistrial was declared on, on two counts. And it says but here it, the California yeah. conviction is also likely to be appealed by his lawyers, meaning it, of meaning he will walk free even if uh, the New York conviction, which is another trial, uh, is thrown out. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, com complicated, but at least... Uh, some I mean, positive it's a, it's a big move step. in the right yeah, direction. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to say that it's a tremendously big right in the right direction. I mean, it, it it's 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 so good to see that this man will probably end up behind bars, even though it is in a very nice jail. It's at least a, a jail, right? It's just been coming for so long. It feels like this trial, these or the, these trials have been like lasting forever. But it's obviously because he's got probably really expensive lawyers who are tying everything up in court and everything. Yeah. I mean, the Harvey Weinstein thing was was uh, uh, yeah. It's just been going on for like seven years is I yeah, think at least 2015 2016 is when we found out about yeah. stuff in the news and so yeah that's a long time for this all to be going on and uh him still to be walking around uh do you think jfk uh the movie is uh oliver stone's best movie um i mean it's up there i guess yeah it's really long it is really, really long. That's the one thing I was like, okay, this is kind of, uh, went too in depth, maybe even, but it was yeah you know, really good. Yeah, good in depth, but maybe too in depth. Yeah, I I really like JFK. It's a it's an amazing, like good movie. It's very very interesting. You know that that. Uh, that movie is the reason that they created the 1992 Records Act. That is the reason that these documents that were just released this week in the JFK files were released. Is because of that movie? No. 
Yeah, that's true. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good connection. Hmm. Anyway, it's it's definitely definitely Kevin Costner's best movie. I don't even know about that. I mean, he did a lot of good stuff in, in like the nineties. So. Oh yeah, you mean you mean uh, when he had uh, lips behind his ears and was almost drowning in water world. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. That was one of one of the ones I meant. <laughs> exactly what the movie. Oh wait, that's called Avatar right now, isn't it? <laughs> Have you ever thought of that? Here, here's here's a weird thing that I was thinking of. How weird uh, is it that Avatar and and uh, that movie has such a good link? <laughs> anyway, uh, JFK assassination. Uh, yeah, uh, the U.S. National Archives relieves more than 12,000 documents about the JFK assassination. Uh, on Thursday, they released thousands of documents related to the assassination of President JFK. Certainly after Joe Biden issued an executive order authorizing the release that uh, kept hundreds of sensitive records secret. The release of the documents was not expected to include any new bombshells or changes or conclusions reached by the commission. Um, however, the latest cache will be useful for historians focusing on the events around this assassination. Um, there were initial concerns uh, that Ruby, Jack Ruby, might have some connections to Oswald, but the newly released memo to the Presidential Commission investigation said that uh, the sen- the CIA has no indication that Ruby and Lee Harvey Oswald ever knew each other, were associated, or might have any connection in any manner. Um, mm. Yeah, this... it's a, a, There's a lot of kind of misleading uh, stuff out there because there's so many documents and there's so much information in there and so many connections to be made that we haven't had enough time in the last week um, for people to really go through it enough to, like, make the connections that need to be made. But some, mm. one of the more interesting things that we've seen is that there are now... What has come out is there are connections uh, between the CIA and um, Oswald, uh, specifically mm. through a connection in New Orleans uh, that was revealed this week. So it... Uh, yeah, you know... More stuff is going to come out as people kind of, uh, you know, connect the dots as they go through this 13,000 documents. Mm. Can you give me a good New Orleans accent look? Uh, not really, no. Not without being offensive. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a little French sounding. It's a little uh, so- southern sounding. Yeah. New Orleans, like that? <laughs> A little bit. That was a little. Yeah. A little bit. It not quite. Uh, yeah. Someone. Someone told me my American accent is is shite this week. Anyway, uh, UFOs. Uh, Pentagon has uh, had a UFO investigation that finds no evidence of alien origin. That's kind of a weird statement. Again, this is also a little bit of a misleading headline because it says no evidence. It finds no evidence of alien origin, but it also didn't find any evidence that it wasn't alien. It wasn't, yeah. Right. So, 
so yeah, I mean, it, it, that is a true statement. It's also not. It's right. also um, a little misleading. Uh, the Pentagon said that it has not yet been able to find evidence that extraterrestrials may be responsible for the UFO incidents that they have been reviewing. Senior Pentagon officials relayed this to reporters Friday in a briefing, highlighting a broad headed, uh, broad review headed by all domain anonymous. Uh, what is this? The AARO. We'll just call it that. Working with other federal agencies to review uh, UAP incidents. Uh, UFO enthusiasts have been waiting for this. Uh, the Pe Pentagon updated Friday. Uh, update on Friday will give a hint of what's upcoming in an even bigger reveal. Uh, at a congressional hearing in May, Pentagon officials said they were now reviewing around 400 UAP incidents. So this is this is kind of, this was kind of just a preview of something that's going to come out later, I guess. That's more mm. in depth, a more in depth review of uh, all these incidents that have been happening. Mm. And now came up with a very funny JFK joke. Mm -hmm. Because I was thinking about me talking about how I. I wish I died uh, erect, and I'm I'm pretty sure Hideos died erect, because wasn't he like a guy that had a lot of lovers? Wasn't wasn't that uh, why Marilyn Mon Monroe was killed, according to a lot of people, because she had a lot of secrets about JFK? <laughs> she had a lot of secrets about a lot of people, a lot of powerful people, not just but yeah, including JFK and probably his yeah. whole family. I think she slept with him and his brother, so. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's discussions that she was killed. I don't know if it's true or not. You know, that's all mm. kind of a conspiracy, I guess, to a degree. But you know, J also the JFK assassination is a conspiracy. I would say most people believe something happened there. Um, I don't know how we got. I on mean, this. when we, yeah, the the uh, conspiracy trend. You know, it. it it had to do with UFOs because that's also a, well, according to some people, a conspiracy. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's a conspiracy or not when it's proven that there's UFOs. But uh, yeah, and conspiracy is a weird word to use for it because that means, I guess, <laughs> yeah. the conspiracy would be that the gov like there's people conspiring within the government to cover up right, that there to, are aliens, yeah, to right? Yeah, secrets. Because yeah. You, they, it's not like the aliens are conspiring uh, against us. Well, maybe they are. I don't know. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, have you asked them? <laughs> are you 100% sure about that, Luke? <laughs> it says here, uh, UAP no longer stands for Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. They oh. changed the name again. So it was UFOs, which everybody knows yeah. that. And then they changed it to UAPs, which st stood for Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. But now it refers mm -hmm. to Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena because they are no longer just limiting themselves to reviewing incidents in the sky. This technology, this is a quote, this technology expands the scope of UAPs to include submerged and transmedium objects that, uh, oh, and identified phenomenon uh, all domains whether in air ground sea or space post uh, any mm. that pose potential threats to personal security or operation security so this that means they're including underwater spacecraft is what they're saying there as well as 
uh, ground. It says air, ground, sea, or space. Ground. So like, mm. like those uh, vehicles in Ninja Turtles that Krang had that like burrowed through the <laughs> burrowed through the earth. Like what? What does that mean? Ground. <laughs> or like the sand uh, worm in Dude. You know they say m- <laughs> that mushrooms are like actual a- like alien yeah plants yeah. right yeah. so maybe that's what they because they grow in the ground so maybe that's what they're talking about <laughs> they're investigating mushrooms <laughs> with their little like binoculars <laughs> the mushrooms are have been training us all this all these years and they're actually ruling the world right it's we just mm-hmm. think we're we're running it, but it's really the mushrooms and the octopi. <laughs> the octopi and the mushrooms work together. Uh, and the Loch Ness monster. Right. Don't to forget about the Loch Ness monster. Well, no, he he, he died a while ago. Uh, oh, right. I mean, he was oh. around, but he died a while ago. Sad. Uh, so Channel Five, we love Channel Five mm-hmm. here on another digital citizen. We we. I would say he's an idol. Yeah. Uh, he he kind of uh is the new Ali G type uh creator or what's another like creator in between Ali G and Andrew Callahan who kind of is like the man on the street kind of yeah uh, interviewing people uh, about things that are important but in a comedic way which like yeah that uh, people don't remember Ali G for that but he. That he interviewed like Hillary Clinton and Kissinger oh, yeah. and all these I, like really I remember that. yeah. So yeah. I, I'm trying to think of who in between like did this kind of thing, but he's he's like the new, you know, the young version of that kind of uh, Gonzo type journalism, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was on CNN this week. Yeah, because of his movie coming out, so they were interviewing for the movie, uh, and he kind of tells CNN off to Don Lemon, who was interviewing at the time, and Don Lemon, not super happy about it. So let's check it out. Okay. In three, two, one, play. The movie's not just about, like, the the Capitol riot and all that. It's also about, like, media echo chambers. You know what I mean? And, like, the dangers of the uh, 24-hour news cycle and how I think mainstream media... Like Fox and even CNN, like competes for views by running constant 24-hour news cycles based upon fear, division, outrage, mm-hmm. and panic, probably to like sell ads. So it's not just about the capital, right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. First of all, I don't agree with what you're saying. <laughs> sure not. How that played into people going into the Capitol uh, and rioting on January. He thought it wasn't our fault. Um, there's nothing fake about CNN. He never I'm not, said. I'm not, I'm not saying like fake. News. He didn't I'm say that. Ramping people up and increasing division during that period of time. Just watching people kind of fall down the rabbit hole and be pushed into action and like, just yeah, falling down the conspiracy rabbit hole. Yeah, I think people, more people would uh, consider, you know, what's happening online and um, the what happened with the former president and the messaging that he was putting out there and QAnon and so forth. That oh yeah, I, I, I definitely, do. I definitely agree 100 percent with that as well. <coughs> what a douche! What a terrible, terrible. Douche. You know, there's somebody in his ear going like, uh, "No, don't allow him to blame us." Like, uh, right? He even said like. 
Fox and CNN and put them kind of in the same basket. And I think that's where he, yep. the CNN people like, had a problem. We're not anything like C uh, Fox. Nothing. And he goes, he, he even brought up, we're not fake news. When, like, that was never, yeah. I don't know what, where he got that. Because <laughs> Andrew never said anything about fake news or, uh. like, it, it being, like, manufactured or manipulated or anything he just said pushing division which is mm -hmm. not pushing division and like reporting on things for ratings using fear is not he that's if that's what he considers fake news then like every news channel is fake news if that's the case because running stories that make people afraid to sell newspapers has been happening forever <laughs> for mm -hmm. as long as newspapers have ex is it existed right yeah no it's 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 silly and he he was so white white knighting for cnn that it it's almost like glowed out his ears that uh journalist terrible terrible anyway are you done with all your christmas uh things look we gotta wrap presents but I've got all my okay. presents and everything, and I think, uh, yeah, it's, I, I need to go, like, do a little bit of, like, food shopping, because it's gonna be super cold here for the next few days, like, freezing rain, so I might be stuck in the house right up until the mm. weekend, so. Well, you didn't get me anything last year, or the year before that, 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 and... So I, you better have gotten me something very, very good this year. Uh, we have made an agreement not to give each other gifts like a long time ago. Oh, oh, <laughs> darn it! I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I have re have to return the two hundred reindeers I sent your way. Please, I don't want two hundred rain. I don't even know what I would do with two hundred <laughs> reindeer. <laughs> Like, where would I even put 200 reindeer? It's not cold enough here. They would be miserable. Maybe I could go to Thailand, like, dress up like Santa and... Yeah. In Thailand? Is that what you said? In town. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, that's even worse. They would hate Thailand. Reindeer? It's like the worst place for them. Hot and rainy and muggy. Yeah. That would be a lovely place. Mm. But uh, Trum has a very special Christmas message for us. This is Trum, but Trum tells the truth. This is a very special Christmas message. Why do we change money each year? I buy expensive things, and you buy expensive things to me, and we all buy expensive things to each other. If we have family and friends living far away, it's going to be even fucking more for the post office to do and we have to pay a lot of money to send all this shit and people things store up and we get more and more and more shit my apartment full of shit i got storage full of shit i don't need more shit me and my brother have a conversation this year that we just said do you just stop buying each other presents and said the holy shit yes why should we exchange money with each other Next time we meet, we're going to go to a concert, the Pest Mode. I buy a bottle of fucking whiskey and we get fucking wasted. And that was just much more better idea. We both were relieved. And 
when I see Christmas shopping is here, I just see stress, 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 buy more and more and more and more. And young kids don't give a fuck. They don't really don't. They're all their parents who keep those bullshit ideas going on. Like we have to buy more, we have to stress more, we have to work more because the magical economy would then suddenly collapse if we don't. Well, let not let it. If this economy breaks down, we can find something else. We can. Don't believe the oligarchs in Wall Street. I think Christmas is nice and nice in the way that I like to meet some friends again. I can use the Christmas to think a little. I used to sit down and listen to jazz music, drink some wine, meet some friends, meet some close family, and talk with my family, because my family lives all over the country, part in the east and part in the middle of the country, and sometimes they live in Belgium. That's what I like to be part of Christmas, but no, no. The oligarchs of Wall Street and the oligarchs in every fucking major city, they don't bore, buy, 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 consume, 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 and throw things away. When I look at all the things I have, I still have some magical things. It's not worth a lot of money, but a lot of worth to me personally. Like the first cassette I got from my mother when I was seven. Or a book that I got from my special friends when I was a kid. Uh, person don't live anymore yeah things like that all the consumerism in Christmas is boring and it's hard and it's stressful it doesn't make me enjoy my life any better this year I gave some money to charities like like the Salvation Army the cancer organization and so on. Sorry, I don't know any organization's name in English. And I hope they can give this the money. Some people get something to eat. Some researches for blind people, for cancer and things like that. Christmas has started to be a fucking stress. I don't need more shit. Most people don't need more fucking shit. We have shit all over the place. We have storage wars as an entertainment program, and so on, and so on, and so on. I just want to read some, watch some, and enjoy life. But, but sometimes the capitalists or the, the oligarchs try to invent the sensation that if you don't consume more, buy more, and do things, stress yourself to death, you're not in the economy, you're working for society. In, in a country where people always talk about individualism, why are they so concerned of the, telling people fucking what to do, what to believe, and what to consume, and how much to consume? I like my life easy, peasy, and less stressful. Today's system is stressful. The Christmas is horrible. That's what you're going to do. And do what like I have done. Just make your own Christmas traditions. Some people will be pissed off, but sometimes people say, yeah, I'm gonna follow and do that. And suddenly we became a movement. So people give fuck on the old and say hello to the new, even if it's fuck swaps conservatives. This is Trump, have a very nice Christmas, and yeah, have a lot of sex and drink lots of booze. Bye bye. 
That was uh, Tron telling us a special Christmas uh, message there. Merry Christmas, Tron, and Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, happy holidays, uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all those good things, yeah. Mm-hmm. TV round. Uh, I have seen a lot of TV. I didn't think I have had seen a lot of TV, and then I looked through my list, and I was like, oh, Oops. I have seen a lot of right. TV. Yeah, uh, because I've seen also a lot of movies this week. Uh, I will let you start this week. Uh, let's start with let's start with Dance Monsters on Netflix. Oh, you stole my worst show of the uh, week. Of the week? <laughs> I, I mean, it was bad. We saw a show like this already on like NBC or something. Yes. Um, which was it's a it the idea is like this they CGI the person dancing they motion capture. The, the the actual person and then put that motion capture into a a quote unquote monster which is just a animated figure that then uh, takes that motion capture and relays it to the animation so you see the animation dancing but the real mm-hmm. person behind the dancing is a person you don't ever you don't get to see right yeah mm. um the concept is kind of interesting. I don't. Uh, this is the thing we had a problem with last time: is what is what is the audience live and the judges actually seeing? Because they're clearly not seeing yeah. these dancing creatures on the stage as like holograms. Because they would they would be like, right. "Are it super advanced holographic technology?" Which they never see. That, right. So they yeah. just have to be looking at like a big TV screen or something, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. No, I agree. I don't know what how it works. I I'm, I would be kind of interested to know though. Yeah, yeah. I I think this is better than the other one with the hologram thing because the the other one where where they were uh, wasn't that the singing competition? No, uh, oh, well, it was singing we, and we, dancing, but I think it was right. But, yeah. It, was, it cr- was mainly singing because I I remember Alan Smart was one of the judges, right? I don't remember uh, even what the show was about or who was in it or anything. Yeah, yeah, but I, I seem to remember that at, at at least. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, no, I I and there the the, the concept was where like we're afraid of showing ourselves, therefore we are on this show where we can not be your ourselves. In this this version of the show, it's more like, oh, we're doing this for fun, not because we're afraid to show ourselves. Uh, some of them still like there was an underlying uh thing that every character said when they introduced, or not character, every dancer said when they were introduced. They were like, one guy was like, my body doesn't fit the, the dance norms. Like I would right. go to dance, um. Uh, rehearsals and I would get cut uh, uh, before you know that when what did he say when they got to the part where I had to take my shirt off they they would cut mm-hmm. me and uh, that is that underlying there there's it's not being as blatant about it but what they're saying is like uh, he doesn't feel comfortable enough with his body so he feels more comfortable right. using this avatar uh, which uh, when we saw that first one, which I'm, I looked it up, it's called Alter Ego, and it was on Fox. Alter Ego, that's not it NBC. Was, yeah. It was on Fox. Um, and yeah, it, it like it was like a singing show, but 
they, you know, the choreography of when they're singing and everything was uh, put through in the same way that this show right. uses these yes. CGI characters. Um, and this all comes out of, like, at least Alter Ego, when I first heard about it, the reason they kind of made it was that they wanted to uh, build off the really kind of popular VTuber craze that mm -hmm. happened a few, like a year or two ago. Uh, and it's still fairly popular. Um, I, I don't know if it really uh, it connects in the same way where they really try to push across like these people aren't good enough as themselves to be a dancer, so they have to do that. And mm -hmm. that feels really weird and awkward, especially when they yeah. show the rest of their family in these family photos, but then they put their avatar photo over their face. And it's like, uh, mm -hmm. I get it. Like, we're not going to be able to see them till they get kicked off. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing's kind of just stupid. And uh, I don't really like these shows to begin with. But, I mean, what did you think uh, numbers-wise? No, no. Uh, four. Yeah, I would go a uh, uh, three. Yeah. I also thought, like, it seemed like they didn't have enough competitors. There's, like, five. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's also. And so they couldn't kick somebody off in the first episode, even, yeah. because they were like, we don't have enough people. If we kick somebody off in the first episode, we're not going to have enough episodes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I did write on 3.5 here. I see. I, I was thinking four, but yeah. 3.5. Close Sorry. enough. Yep. Yeah. Uh, last week we saw Back in the Groove. Uh, and I think you said, oh, this would be a completely different show if they did the same concept as uh, that with uh, uh, boys that were older and dating younger girls. Mm -hmm. I think that's more or less what you said. Well, um, <laughs> let's talk about this week in reality shows. Love for for the ages. Right. Um, it th This also is similar to that, right? Yeah, where they have to date it is younger very, people. Yeah, yeah. You know, go ahead and tell, tell everybody what it's about. Yeah, no, so it's about these three middle-aged couples uh, that are in kind of the crossroad of their marriage. Uh, they get the... Chance to turn back time, and they swap uh, their spouses for very much younger partners, and uh, yeah. It, it, what really happens is they, the the two married couples, they split them into the the husbands and the wives, and they each, uh, the wives are put in a house, and the uh, husbands mm -hmm. are put in a house, and then in either of those houses, the wives with them, there's what. 12 young 12 yeah young attractive men and then in the men's house mm -hmm. there's 12 young attractive women um yep. it it's a little less awkward because if it was just men i feel like it would be a bigger problem but it is still really awkward uh but it it felt exactly like back in the groove like it i i wonder if it's the same production company i made the, the same because it, 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 it I mean, it's it on felt... Peacock, right? I think they're both on Peacock, yeah. so I, I'm not surprised they feel the same. No, the first one uh, last week was from Hulu. This is from Peacock. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, back in the groove was Hulu. Uh, yeah, but, uh, I think, but you're also, I think what you're mixing up back in the groove, uh, we, 
we also saw Love Without Borders. That's oh yeah, the same that's week. And this right, is called yeah, yeah. this is called Love for the Ages. That was called Love. Mm-hmm. So maybe what you're thinking, maybe those two because they, I think they probably they yeah they're both on Peacock and they're both Love mm-hmm. for the something. They probably are the same production company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I didn't hate this. I I thought this was m- more interesting than than uh, back in the groove for sure. Uh, but it's more mid- It's like you said. I also think it's more awkward. But I, I mean, the awkward I, part comes it, from the manipulation by the show itself. Like, yes, these yeah. couples agreed to like do this, and like their whole thing is like it's either going to strengthen their marriage to go through the the test of like having these young attractive people around them or it's going to hurt their marriage. And so number 1 the whole young attractive thing is like just awkward because uh mm-hmm. you have younger people being manipulated by older people in a way to like I don't know uh in a, in a in a like a weird power dynamic where like if you uh if you take them away from their spouse you kind of quote unquote win the show, right? And that's a really right. strange thing to win is like yeah, yeah. uh a broken relationship. Like you're not really building a good relationship with that person at that point in real life, right? Like But also what is kind of strange is like these couples aren't that fucking old. They're like in the forties and Right, but then some of the of... younger people are like in the early twenties. So that is a big right. eight like yes. um, 15, 20 year age gap. That's pretty big. Oh yeah, definitely. And also they're they're I don't yeah. I just think it's there's a, a weird thing anyway, about I, about like kind I, of the show trying to manipulate like they the show itself knows that like not every couple is gonna come out uh happy and clean at the end of the show. They right. like they they want somebody to break up. So in a way it's like yeah. That feels a little scummy. Anyway, I also give this 3.5. This one I give it 2.5. It's worse than Dance Monsters, obviously. Mostly just because it's so dirty feeling. Mm. Your turn. Um, The Wheel on NBC. Mm-hmm. Based on a British TV show that I've never seen. Have you seen the British version of this? I love the original, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it it's with a bunch of celebrities, and it looks like they're going to change out celebrities every episode. That's what I assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The celebrities are on a wheel. Each celebrity is like has a specific category that they're considered an expert in. So in this one, they had the uh, who? What's a good uh, Christina Ricci, and she was a uh, classic film, which seemed to, mm-hmm. kind of strange, but I guess she just knows a lot about classic film. Um, then there's three contestants. This is the part that's really confusing because the three contestants get picked at random and they have to mm-hmm. try to get all the questions correct on the wheel. Uh, each mm-hmm. like celebrity has a question. Uh, and then this is the part that's confusing because in this one episode, the woman basically gets all the questions correct, but then she gets one question mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, it picks the, another contestant and she gets all the money that the other woman earned yeah. by answering all the qu- that part doesn't make any sense to me yeah that's the concept who also was in this episode Tony Hawk and um, 
Tony Hawk? No, that must have been the second episode. Uh, oh, was that the second episode? Yeah. yeah. No, this was... I don't remember who else was in the first episode, but... Tori Spelling, was she you know, in it, this? It's not exactly A-list yeah. celebrities you're getting on the wheel. No, no. Yeah. But uh, uh, the host is very charismatic. I'm very happy that they got the original host... Is that, of this. that this guy? I was like, he seems like he yeah. knows a lot about this game for like it being the yeah. first time he's ever done this. Uh, I would say if Mike Myers and Ricky Gervais had a kid, this guy yeah. would pop out. Like, look at him. He is like if the two people <laughs> so this, were combined. Yeah. Do you remember me buying tickets to stand up in, in, in uh, Lillehammer? Like maybe three, four years ago? No. No. Okay, this was this guy, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he, he's... McIntyre. He's decent host. Uh, yeah, I think the concept good. of the show is way confusing. It's a little, like... Mm. Uh, it's a little awkward to, like, just give money to somebody who got one answer correct, like all the, and then she wins all this money. There's something strange right. about that. I think they what they were saying is, like, it makes it so anything can happen, and it's like... Yeah, that's that's kind of like that doesn't mean concept. it's good. Yeah. You know, anything can happen me- means like something really boring can happen also. So yeah, yeah, or really stupid can happen. I guess in this case, uh, I give it a. It's better than some of these reality shows. I'll give it a four. I give it a four as well. Yeah. Uh, talking about uh, competition shows, let's go at Cook at All Costs on Netflix. Uh, because this sure was show. Uh, I I don't like this show. I, I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, so it's uh, three uh, home cooks uh, that are coming there to create uh, dishes to create uh, that will impress this celebrity guest cook, and they win money based on what they bid on the food. So they start out with $25,000, but they are not able to win that much because the lowest cost uh, thing they need to bid on is like 2500 in the first round. And then the second round, don't fucking get me going for the second round. Well, they, they, the, the second se- round is well, maybe the most confusing shit ever. But in between, they also... Uh, there's ingredients they have to bid on while they're yeah. cooking. That part was interesting. I like that. Yeah, that 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 part was interesting. I agree with that part because that that, that kind of uh, reminds me of of uh, uh, of uh, another show that I love, uh, like uh, uh, Cutthroat Kitchen. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that reminds me of Cutthroat Kitchen, and I love Cutthroat Kitchen. But this was just stupid because. The maximum I was like I was thinking if if you didn't uh, if you didn't uh, bid for anything and just let uh, the winner of the first round dis- decide your uh, your box, the maximum you you could win is like fifteen thousand. So like w- why start? Yeah, it's it's just weird because. They they are making it like they could win uh, twenty five thousand right. uh, dollars, but you can't. No, uh, 
And I, the one guy in this one episode, or in the first episode at least, he was just bidding as much as he could. I think he right. was more focused on just winning the show, not necessarily yeah. making a lot of money. I think the... I like the concept that you have one judge, and they're in a, a whole other room, and they don't know mm. who, which person made which yeah, food. Yeah, that I liked, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, then they're not influenced in the way that a lot yep. in a lot of cooking shows, the judges are sitting right there being able to be like, oh, I don't like the way they're doing this, or I don't like the way they're doing that. Uh, they're not judged mm-hmm. on their knife skills, for instance. Yeah, they're yeah, judged yeah. Based, yeah, yeah. based on the based food, on food itself. Quality, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's I like about it. The host in this is terrible. He he is so bad. It's just annoying. He's is the thing. Atrociously bad. It, it, his little jokes is like he's one of those hosts that kind of gets under your skin after a while because you're just like okay, uh, you're not funny. You're not adding anything. And how he sits on the chair talking to for example the judge is so like he has uh, he has the shoes on the on the on on the on the the top of 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 where they're sitting like he looks so fucking nonchalant douchebag and he acts like a nonchalant douchebag as well i think the 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 one part is when he gets really excited where he's like oh we spent two thousand dollars on eight ounces of cheese and you're like yeah, yeah, but he didn't really, did he? Because it's not real money. It's like it's yeah. money you yeah. magically gave them. Like the, yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> In the beginning of the, the show. show, right? Yeah. So it's not r- yeah. real. Like, why are you being like, oh wow, oh, oh. like you yeah, yeah. said they had to spend that much money? I don't know why you're <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's there's certain parts that are broken. Another parts that I like that are uh, redeemable and could make for a good cooking show. So I'm gonna give it a. I'm going to give it a 5. I'm going to give it a 3.5. I wonder if you heard that before. <laughs> yeah, uh, not my cup of tea. Let's talk about another cooking show, Dr. Seuss Baking Challenge. It's a baking <laughs> baking show. This day didn't really sure focus so much on the food. It was more about like no. the presentation of the of the actual uh cake or baked mm-hmm. good. Because uh, mm-hmm. these were most of them were just amalgamations of like a whole bunch of different types of baked goods, mm-hmm. cookies, uh, scones, like uh, little cakes, tea cakes. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't think there was really any I guess in the first round, there was a few that were just like one thing, but it would be like multiple things within that thing. Um, but yeah, they like they didn't really like they didn't go and like individually eat each thing even in the one round where they had the certain ingredient they just mm-hmm. they just tried the thing that had those ingredients not the rest of the things surrounding it so it wasn't really a cooking competition so much as like a design competition right i agree yeah, yeah. and i also think uh, one thing that I helps this is that there are more teams in this i like that Right. Okay. Uh, uh, nine teams. That's that that started. Teams of right? two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's oh, one of the things that I I liked about it. Um, yeah. I don't have a. There's lot, a lot. Yeah. More talking about like, 
oh, when they're being judged, there's more talk of, oh, you should have done this for structural integrity. Maybe you should have right. added uh, modeling chocolate into your fondant so that you would have a more solid base. Things right. like that that yeah, you yeah. would hear when you're watching like a construction show or something instead yeah. of a cooking show. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I wouldn't judge it on a cooking show basis. It's more, oh, and then the Dr. Seuss stuff is over the top and wild. Yeah. That's, uh, the, yeah the set they design are, they is went to pretty the good. Extreme. Yeah. It's, they went, went to the extreme, and I really liked the set design. It was very, very fun. Very flamsy and very Dr. Seuss. I mean, the judges are fine. The host is yeah. fine. It's one okay. of the sisters from Sister Sister. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd give it a, I'd give this a four point five. I gave this a five actually. Okay. Uh, let's go away from cooking competitions and competitions all over. Let's talk about Sonic Prime, Luke. Okay, I saw this. Uh, this is on the Netflix. Uh, it is. Uh, so how? Can you explain to the audience what this show is about? Well, Sonic uh, from the video game system Sega. Is that what? Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a cartoon show about Sonic. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? What is it about? <laughs> uh, but because it's not about anything. Sure, it is. He's. Uh, it's kind of uh, Samurai Jack esque in a way. I I like that about it. Where really? He, okay. He. Uh, He's fighting Eggman. Uh, Eggman uh, makes Sonic sh- shatter this gem, which then changes time. Uh, Sonic gets thrown back into time, but time's been changed, and it's like mm-hmm. this futuristic, crazy world that Sonic then has to try to fight back against because Eggman has kind of overtaken uh, the world. And made everything like gray and gross, and everything's got robots, and everybody's kind of like a cog in a machine. Um, I like that whole uh, aesthetic of it, and then there, it kind of bounces back and forth between the past and the current time, I guess. Mm, yeah, because it's definitely it's a TV show that's kind of pushing the multiverse into itself. It's a multi. It's there's lots. There's multiple dimensions happening, multiple time streams, mm. uh, and in that way, I would say, you know, this is a teenager, uh, young adult show, not necessarily like a cartoon show for kids. But I think kids oh, would also enjoy it. They just might oh, be yeah. confused a little by the storyline because, like I said, it's uh, it, it's pretty complex story writing when you for like mm-hmm. a cartoon show. Um, I thought the voice acting was pretty good all the way around except for knuckles sounded a little <laughs> weird Yeah, knuckles was wet yeah <laughs> uh he's supposed to have like a very different voice but i don't know maybe they didn't like the original style of voice um there's certain things that i could see them thinking it was problematic uh mm. yeah i i thought what do everything was this? pretty good as far as the show so i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give it a six I gave it a five. It all had all the callbacks, chili dogs, uh, all the yeah. characters you want to see, uh, and I thought the complex story was pretty interesting for a cartoon show. Cool. Oh, is it my turn? Yep. Oh, okay. I guess the last thing I saw was the recruit. 
with Neo. Yes, well. Oh, Noah Centineo. That's who it is. Uh, this sure was the show. It definitely was not made by the CIA, this show. Oh, definitely not. It, they didn't hire yeah, Noah Centineo directly into the CIA to create this television program or anything. Absolutely Be not. Because it's about a CIA lawyer, right? He's a lawyer who works mm -hmm. in an... He, he's not a CIA, like... Uh, He's not, like, actually in the CIA. He's just a lawyer for the CIA. Mm -hmm. Right. But for some reason, even right out in the first episode, he's, like, going on missions like he's a CIA <laughs> officer, right? Isn't that mm -hmm. weird, don't you think? It is so fucking weird. Um, it's also a shit show. Well, uh, yeah, it's kind of a mystery because it, it's all about classified documents about him trying to get these classified documents from this prisoner, uh, which is very, I guess they're trying to go for topical because there's so much talk about classified documents in mm -hmm. the news right now with like Trump and everything else that's been going on. Um, so I understand what they're going for. And then they've got obviously Noah Centineo, who's like very faint, like, well, he, didn't he get famous on Musical.ly? I want to say he got famous. In... Mostly, yeah. yeah. Right. So he's kind of was big uh, internet career guy for a long time and kind of has moved over to this and uh, this world, like the uh, acting world. Uh, mm -hmm. And so they're, they're banking that, you know, young women are going to want to watch him in this show. Uh, I don't know. It's... Um, it doesn't feel like that show to me. You know what I mean? It's not. It doesn't feel like no, it's it going to attract that no. audience. Um, no. I I I I asked myself when I was watching this, who's this fucking for? Because it's not really for women. It's not really for people that are hoo ha America. It's not really for anybody. I think the biggest bright point in the show is uh, Von de Curtis Hall. I love him as the director. Uh, I thought he was a little too over the top, to be honest. I thought that he okay. felt very um, lethal weapon. Like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm getting too old for this shit. Like, that kind of, like, uh, very yeah, stereotypical I, I, yeah. police chief. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, I liked him, though, in this show. Okay. I think that, he, that, that made it a little bit better. But uh, no, it's just, it was a boring mess out of a show. Uh, I gave it 3.5. Um, I'll give it a... I guess it can get a 4 also. Cool. Yep. Uh, let's talk about the last episode of Cabinet of Curiosity, Luke. Episode 8. Final episode? Or as I am going... Yeah, sorry. Yes, final episode. Or as I am going to call it... Holy fuck, what an ending... Terrible ending to a good show. Uh, the murmuring. Morning of Major Lost, orth ornithologists Nancy and Edgar flock to a secluded uh, home to study birds, but, their but the house's history reveals heartbreak and horror. So, in every episode, I can at least say, oh, that was an interesting monster. What was the monster in the show, I ask? There was it. Well, Kid? There was the ghost woman. That was about as close to a monster as you got in this one. 
I have no clue. I mean, what there wasn't the a monster monster. There was just a ghost lady who, like, ran at her twice, I think, in this episode, down the yeah. hallway. And that was it. And the kid. And the kid that looked like it was drowned. Right, but that's not a mo- monster either, right? And it's even less no. scary because it's not like it ran at her and tried to attack her. It just turned uh. just turned its head around and, like, scared her a little bit, right? What the fucking waste of potential this episode was. I don't even what know if it was how... potential because the story itself wasn't, and it wasn't. There was nothing to the story, you know. I, I, it just. Uh, I mean, I was happy to, to see say Stacy, Stacy Spacek in 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 this episode. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, no, it's weird. Weird. <coughs> I I just. It felt like a. Mm, lackluster ending to a bunch of episodes uh, yeah. in this show that were good. A bunch of uh, this was a very hit and miss uh, show for sure. I mean, it is very much. Yeah, it is an anthology, so you're gonna have all these different directors. You're not gonna have always gonna have every good episode, but it this one, the middle two episodes were pretty bad. The last episode was pretty bad. It, mm-hmm. I, it you know, one third of it was not great, to be honest. Yeah, no, I would say that uh, I very much enjoyed four episodes of this show, and four episodes I could be without. So yeah, so you're saying more like half, okay? Yeah, you're probably right. I don't know. This last episode, it just this one felt so slow and yeah, very paced and like it's about bird watching. It just felt like yeah. a very um, instead of going out with a bang, they went out with a whimper kind of thing. I still am going to give the whole show a six. The whole show, hmm, that's hard, isn't it? I, I guess a six point five. I mean, there was a lot yeah. of really good parts, and then there was a lot of just uh, but stuff but that episode, didn't didn't matter yeah. and didn't make sense, like the episode with the goo monster lady, like uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. But this episode is going to give, give, I'm going to give, guess what, Lurk? It's a 3.5! Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this episode, yeah, probably a, f- yeah, a 4. I mean, the acting yeah. was really good. Everybody in the cinematography was nice, and that's what they were going for with the whole bird-watching thing, and they're at this really pretty lake, so they're doing these mm-hmm. wide panoran- panoran- panoramic shots that look really pretty. But then they forgot to, like, write a story that was compelling, so... Okay, let's talk about Union Eurovision. It's uh, Lisandro with O Marman. Uh, it was for France, day one. What did you think about this song? I mean, I don't re- I don't care about Junior Eurovision. Uh, it's, it's just, uh... It's kind of... It, it, it's, it's a little uh, beauty pageant-y to me kid beauty pageant yeah. feeling so i get i yeah. feel a little awkward even talking about it or whatever but it the song is very repetitive that's all i'll say about it <laughs> it's a terrible song and uh, it wasn't my favorite at, at, at all but I, I, I just feel weird judging it even it's like am i gonna judge kids yeah. bop kids for singing kids bop you know yeah <laughs> kids bop Hey, let's go to another thing. Uh, ole, ole, uh, ole, ole. Uh, the football is done. 
Yeah, and uh, Argentina beat France in a penalty after uh, an amazing fucking final. Yeah, but they One don't of the care. Best football. They don't care because they yeah. won Junior Eurovision. So they're like, World Cup. That's like, that's like way down here compared to Junior Eurovision. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that's the correct uh, statement. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. It probably there's probably more people that watch the World Cup than than that. I'm guessing. Some, 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 some more, so a few more. Yeah. But uh, I have to say that I can't think of a more exciting football match I have seen in in years. Like it was amazing. It was three three. Uh, uh, before they were having penalties and six goal in a football match and especially in a final that's almost unheard of yeah and just the back and forth uh, is what i heard was really exciting and then oh so exciting the biggest thing that came out of it was salt bay probably did you see the salt bay videos <laughs> i did yeah what was he even doing there is he uh is he like part owner? Like, is he is he a owner? Like, does he have stake in the team or something? Like, how do I he, have no clue? Because he was all over the field and every like there were vi all these yeah. different videos of him like he's like, all grabbing on the trophy and like holding it up like he won. So uh, it made yeah, me yeah, feel yeah. like maybe he has a stake in the team and that's why he feels like he, you know, is part of the team kind of thing. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, there were a lot of funny ass videos of him like getting. Uh, kind of blown off by people uh other of uh, the players who are he's like trying to celebrate and they're like who the fuck is this guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh gosh i'm so incredibly happy i'm done with christmas uh gifting aren't you uh i mean i've got to give the gifts but yeah you know it's a stressful it's it's the stressful oh. time is up until like the couple days before Christmas, and then once you have everything kind of done, if you even have that done, then you can relax mm -hmm. a little bit, but, like, yeah, the few weeks before Christmas are stressful. I don't like it. I'm going to guess that some people, I'm not saying everybody, but some people are panicking and thinking, like, holy moly, what can I give away for Christmas? Exactly. Do you, do you know what... I will give them a Christmas gift, that uh, uh, a suggestion, that is uh, an amazing uh, gift suggestion. You could go to audibletrial.com slash ADC, that's audibletrial.com slash ADC, and you can buy uh, them a membership to Audible for as low as $15 uh, a month. Uh, it, that's one credit, and you also get the plus catalog. Uh, and even better, if if you're a new member, you also get a free book. So it's a gift for you as well. And uh, you can keep that book for 30 days for free. And you don't have to give it away if you don't want to be with Audible. You don't even have to pay for it. So go to audibletrial.com slash A-D-Z. I saw some movies this week. Let's talk about movies from 2022. This is like not the last week we're going to see 2022 movies, but uh, I saw a lot of them. I saw Beast this week with Idris Elba. 
Oh, yeah. You told me about that. Uh, about a killer lion. It's very, you know, one of those movies about, like, man versus beast. And it's literally called Beast, so, like, the title kind of nails it on yeah. a head a little too much. Um, you, it's pretty standard. Like, if you've seen a movie like this, you've seen a hundred of them. Uh, he, he's got to save his family, and this killer lion just will not stop attacking him, and they can't shoot it at all. They're just terrible shots, apparently. Um, mm. And even when they do, it's like some... This creature has, like, supernatural powers somehow. Uh, it's it's fine. It's interesting. Feels a little, like, I don't know, Jurassic Parky. Uh, feels a little... There's a lot of different movies uh, you've seen like this, so I'd give it a, a four. It's nothing great, but it's not terrible, terrible. Well, what I saw, that wasn't that great, but pretty terrible, terrible. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. A lot of people have been talking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, it's hard for me to care about the sequel to an original movie that I didn't fucking like in the first place. So going into this, I was like, I have to kind of reset my mind. So uh, I actually saw the original uh, Top Gun as well, uh, because I I hadn't seen that since almost it came out, I think. And it's still as bad as I remembered. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, people are like talking about the yeah, Oscar chances for this, and I. I I get it. I mean, it's it's the the air air scenes are cool and everything, and I am impressed that he did all his stunts uh, by himself. But it uh, is also one of the worst propaganda movies I have seen in my fucking entire life. Like, if I thought Top Gun the original was kind of like uh, hula la, uh, America is right. amazing. Uh, then Top Gun uh, Maverick could almost me be misspelled and be called Top Gun America um, because that that is uh, a little like more fitting. Uh, I wouldn't. I will, will not say I hated it as much as I, I. I mean, it's not on my bad list of of worst movies of this year by any chance, but it, it it's like. I, I am a little impressed of this movie getting 96% uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 99% audience score. Because I'm not one of those <laughs> either. So it's like, I, I don't think this is uh, the best thing since sliced uh, bread. But I, I, I will give it a boring 5.5. I thought it was totally okay. Uh, yes, it's... You know, they put this movie out kind of right as we're going into, a, like, a major war. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, yeah, if even in that sense, it feels like propaganda. Like, they, you know, they're hyping up the populace for war kind of thing. And then everybody loves this movie. Yeah, it kind of just feels, feels weird. Uh, uh, yeah, something also that felt kind of out of the 80s, uh, Ticket to Paradise with George Clooney and oh Julia God. Roberts. I guess more 90s, right? That is so a 90s movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, very uh, very cookie-cutter sh- uh, movie. It's, you know, it's about a, 
a couple who divorce and their daughter, uh, after her cro- college graduation, goes on vacation to to Bali to Bali, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, she meets a man and wants to get married and not come back to the U.S. where she's got like a career mm-hmm. and everything, and her parents are like, we got to split them up. So they go, they fly to Bali to split her and her husband up, like some kind of sitcom from, guess what, the 90s. Um, yeah, I mean, they're banking on George Clooney, Julia Roberts, 90s kids, uh, feeling that nostalgia. I, I, I like Caitlin Deaver as far as an actress goes. I think she's good. But the mm-hmm. movie itself is very just, you know... You've seen this movie a hundred times. It's going for nostalgia, so that's why they made it this way. But it's nothing special. It'd probably get a mm, what a four. Uh, one movie that uh, was very hyped up this uh, the, for the Oscar nominations and things like that is the Fablements. Uh, it's uh, uh, the newest movie of Steven Spielberg. It is probably his most personal one, where he kind of like goes through his childhood and uh, things like that. I mean, it is, it is extremely like to the point where where I got a little like sick of it. It's sugar sweet. And super Oscar baity, mm-hmm. and I don't really like movies that are like so extreme Oscar baity. Uh, still, was a, a bad movie. Like, don't get me wrong, it's a very good movie. Like Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen. There's so many good acting uh, things that will come out of this. Uh, the movie itself is way too fucking long. It's two hours and thirty minutes. It felt it felt like that, and even me as a, a film snob and kind of interested in in films about films, it got a little too meta. Uh, yeah, so the the movie itself has like ninety one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, eighty two on the uh, audience score. I don't think I could push myself to over a 6.5, but I, I liked it. It's just, uh, yeah, I thought it was a little too baity. Yeah, I definitely need to see it before the Oscars, because you know it's going to be nominated and probably win Oh, it's things. going to be nominated and probably win some awards as well, because it's very good technically shot, and uh, there's some beautiful shots, and very, like, like I said, there's some very good acting in this. But I I don't especially like Beatty movies. Uh, I saw Mr. Herring, Mr. Harrigan's phone. I always want to say Mr. Mm-hmm. Harrington, but it's Harrigan <laughs> with a G A N at the end. Uh, it's got Donald Sutherland and uh, a kid named Jaden Martell. It's about a mm. young boy who grows up uh, having a job reading to an old man who mm-hmm. is a very rich, super rich old man who's lost, losing his eyesight slowly, is what they say, um, mm-hmm. which kind of actually breaks down later in the movie because he gets a phone and he's able to read everything on the phone. Did you notice that part mm-hmm. of the movie? And the, the, there's mm-hmm. a huge plot hole there. Um, 
but he, the man dies. The kid comes and sees him, and uh, it's really about him connecting with him uh, through this phone after he dies. Um, and it gets a little creepy after that. Uh, I'd give it a... Um, geez, I, it was kind of good. It was kind of not good. I, it was kind of cheesy, I guess. So I'll just give it a 5.5. Uh, this is Joe Hill, uh, Stephen King's son's uh, manuscript. Uh, so it's based on his books. Okay. Or a novel, yeah. Or a short story or anyway. something. Sure. Yeah, something like that. Uh, bones and all. Uh, holy shit, this was a good movie. Um, so it is Tim uh, Timothy Chalamet and Taylor Russell. Uh, it's them together. Uh, where uh. Taylor Russell uh, plays this girl that kind of has been abandoned by her father, uh, been abandoned by a lot of people in her 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 life, has and starts this. Uh, I think it was like a thousand mile odyssey uh, through America, and there she meets uh, Timothy Chalamet, and uh, they fall in love, and it's a love story. But it is also definitely a horror story. Uh, I will not go into what makes it horror because that's kind of uh, ruining the plot. Uh, but it's definitely a movie that got me to think a lot about choice and what it means to, to do choice. And I don't really like uh, Timothy Chalamet in in a, a lot of things, but here they made him eatable for me. I I I I I I can't say that I I like him as an actor, and 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 Bones and all made me like him in in this, and it's also one of the best performances by. A guy called Michael Stolberg, and I'm not going to like destroy his his part of this story. But holy shit, he was one of the most creepy things I have ever seen in my entire life. Uh, but it is very seductive, and it's also very uh, sinister, and it's very freaky, and it's from the heart. It feels very. Um, yeah, it, it, it's one of the stronger movies I, I've seen this year when it comes to performance and all. I am going to give it a 8.5. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I saw something. I, I, it's called Frank and Penelope. Um, I'm just going to read straight out read the description to you. A drifter and exotic dancer fall for each other and decide to head west with no destination necessarily in mind but on their journey they accidentally encounter a dangerous cult leader and find themselves in a battle for their life uh it oh, yeah. was pretty wild it's a little out there like very over the top cinematography like they went very uh uh 
flashy and just everything is like bigger than life. Everything's bright and colorful and just it's assaulting your eyes with color like the entire movie. Kaylee Cal- mm. Cohen uh, plays Penelope. She's really good in it. It's got Kevin Dillon, Sean Patrick Flannery uh, as well. It's it's interesting, but in a terrible way, right? It, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of good, but kind of terrible. Uh, but I think it's not trying to be good on... Or it's trying to be bad on purpose, in a way. In, in it, it wants to be cheesy. It's, it's a... It's got a grindhouse feel to it. Does that make sense? Um, mm. For instance, it's got 83% audience score, but a 25% tomato meter. Wow. Right? So uh, I, it's something that you just have to see to understand. Uh, mm. I would probably give it a 6.5. I kind of enjoyed it. I had fun with it, I guess. Um, but I can see why some people would definitely not like it. Yeah. I guess that you just have to, it's one of those movies you have to see to understand it's not really explainable without watching it well that uh, description fits in perfectly with my next movie okay uh, the the banshees of english erin so say that t- 10 times fast right uh, it has colin farrell and brendan gleason in it it is one of the darkest comedies i have seen in my entire life it's about two lifelong friends that ad, ad, uh, all of a sudden like end their sh- uh, relationship over something incredibly stupid and it has very big consequences for both of them this is super slow this is super funny and it is the darkest comedy I have ever seen in my entire life like I fucking loved this movie uh we will maybe hint in talk about it a little later hint hint but i gave it a 9.5 and it is abysmally good <laughs> okay uh let's talk about my name is vendetta this is an action Ital- italian action movie uh mm-hmm. because it was so good that's why we're going to talk about it. It's a guy who is like a hitman uh, for like a mafia group of some type. They turn on him, right, uh, and try to kill him and his daughter. Uh, he has to go after them and before they can kill him, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty standard, like, you know, action movie that you've seen a bunch of times. It it's Italian, so it feels a little different. We felt like it had a little bit of, like, BBC-style camera feel to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is not necessarily a great thing in an action movie. Uh, some of the fight <laughs> scenes were okay, but the acting was not mm-hmm. great. The dialogue was pretty terrible, but it's hard to judge it, because we weren't watching it in it with... It, like, we don't know... I don't speak Italian. Uh, so... No. I guess I'd give it a... I gave it a four. Guess what, Look, I gave it a 3.5. Okay. <laughs> that's my gimmick of this uh, week. Is that... That's a great gimmick. It just give everything the mm-hmm. same score? I guess so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's... It, it was... It wasn't that interesting. I I hope... I hope... Uh, the movie that I suggest we see together this week, Glass Onion, is better. Anyway... 
Let's start with our lists. Oh, I've got another We're movie going... to watch. Oh, watch. you have? Yeah. Mm. Oh, I thought you did. Okay, I got. Uh, I watched I Love My Dad with uh, Patton Oswalt. That was the last movie okay. I watched. Have you seen this? Okay. Nope. Um. Oh, I have! I have! I have where the dad uh, catfishes his son, yes. Right, Patton Oswalt plays the father uh, of, of a kid, and we, we even see towards the beginning of the movie, like, his childhood, Patton Oswalt was always doing things, uh, not great things to, like, impress his own son, like, uh, stealing do- a dog in one scene. Uh, mm-hmm. They they become estranged, because Patton Oswalt kind of just never comes to visit and doesn't really engage with him. The son's having a lot of emotional problems. We see he's, like, in the hospital. Uh, and, the, like you said, the father, uh, to get to get in touch with his son, because his son won't talk to him anymore, he catfishes him and pretends to be an attractive woman. Uh, yeah, it's funny, right? But it's also got, it like, a so very kind of dark, deep uh, meaning to it, which, like... When you think about like mm-hmm. what's re- what really ha- like the real meaning of it of like him catfishing his own son and like the weirdness of like that that type of uh, use of social media and things like that it's it's going down some dark uh, dark things if people aren't interested in seeing that I guess I mean the comedy mm. was still good and uh, it's a dark comedy for sure though so I'll give it a whoop, I'll give it a seven. Cool. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. Much. Okay. Now, now we can start with the lists. So, uh, me and Luke don't know each other's lists. Uh, uh, it is uh, the best and worst movies. We always start with the best because it's always fun to end with the worst. And I will let Luke start the best movies. Right. The way I do it is... I, I write down all the movies I see and the scores I give them each year, or over the year, course of the year, I mean. Then I kind of go mm-hmm. through them and make a short list, which we'll talk about the short list, you know, in our honorable mentions. And then from that short list, I narrow it down to a top five. Fro does it a little different. He's more like, just kind of goes through all the movies he saw and kind of ranks them, right? Is that how you do it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we even the way our method of how we're picking them is slightly different, not just different lists, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess let's start with the number five best movie of 2022 that I saw personally uh, and would recommend to people. I think that's <laughs> that's that's uh, how I'm going to put it. Grindland, <laughs> Grindland by Thrasher, uh, which was a uh, it's available on. Um, YouTube, actually. Uh, it's about Portland, Oregon, and the Burnside Skate Park. So I kind of have a connection to it. You know, I that's what... It's something that uh, connects to me personally, I guess. So that's why it, I right. wanted it to be on my list for sure. And I gave this a 9 out of 10 at the time. I really enjoyed mm. the documentary itself. Um, actually, strangely enough, going through my list of movies this year, I saw a lot less documentaries than I think I usually do. Lots of documentaries in the te- yeah. television space, but movie-wise, a yeah. lot less. Um, not yeah. sure why that is. But yeah, Grind... No, th- 
Go it ahead. wasn't that good a doc documentary year for for movies. I I I thought of the same because uh, after horror movies, documentary is my favorite genre of movies. Mm. And I have no documentaries on either of my lists. That's yeah, it's very. I think one thing is documentary makers are like we have so much more freedom and so much more space to work in in television. Why would we make right. a two hour movie when I can make an eight hour, you know? Uh, eight-part document uh, uh, TV show. I mean, uh, but yeah, Grindland was Thrasher's first full-length documentary. It's the story of Mark Scott and Mark Hubbard, two visionary skaters from the Pacific Northwest, who, along with dedicated friends, kickstarted the DIY concrete uh, skate park revolution. Um, yeah, they created a lot of skate parks here in Oregon, including the very famous Burnside Skate Park and many others, and then started um, a company that ended up building skate parks not only across the U.S., but all around the world. So it's a it's a really interesting story. Cool. Uh, I don't know. Well, so when I say I cheated on my number five, I... I, I Every I year, know. Fro does this. <laughs> I know. Every but... single year, he's like, I, I cheated a little bit. <laughs> I cheated a little bit, but it uh, it's kind of it's kind of hard to say one movie without uh, the other, and it will become very clear uh, because my number five is X and Pearl. Uh, so X is a slasher movie, and Pearl is the sequel to X. I loved both of them. I do think. Pearl is better, but they kind of go together. So if you forced me, I would have put Pearl on this list and, and not X, uh, just to make that clear. But uh, it 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 like I I wouldn't have liked Pearl as much as I did if I didn't know the storyline from X. Mm. So there's that. Uh, but uh, I will write what it says about Pearl. Uh, it is a slasher movie directed by Ty West. Uh, who and uh, written by Mia Goff and and Ty West and uh, Mia Goff reprises her title role uh, and it is an origin uh, uh, story of of uh, Pearl that we meet in the movie X. Like I said, uh, it is better than X in that way that it has a lot more money behind it. And it's also uh, uh, gives the universe another view of her uh, where I didn't think she got through enough in the movie X. But this has a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 91% on Rotten Tomato, a 73% on Metacritic. And uh, yeah, it's my number 5. My number four, Sonic 2, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. After settling oh, yeah? in Green Hills, Sonic is eager to prove uh, that what he takes uh, to be a true... Oh, that what it takes to be a true hero. His test comes when Dr. Robotnik returns with his new partner, Knuckles, in search of a mystical mm. emerald that has the power to destroy civilizations. Uh, yeah, this was just a surprise. I mean, it wasn't super surprising because the first one was good, but generally, oh, this, yeah, when you have a sequel, number one, it always usually gets mm -hmm. worse. That's just everybody knows that. Uh, that not only was this movie better than the first one, people were like 
uh, blown away by how well they uh, stayed with kind of the actual game storyline instead of like what a lot of movies do, especially uh, movies based around video games, is try to change it and make it uh, for the movie instead of making it for the video game audience. Uh, mm. And they really... It seems like the Sonic films are the only video game films ever where they were like, we care what the fans want. And that, uh, I think that deserves uh, some acclaim. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, I have it on my honorable mentions. Sonic 1, I think, was my number five last year also, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. My number four is Tar. Uh, it is a psychological uh, drama uh, written and directed by Todd Fields, starring Kate Blanchett. Uh, probably my mm, push for uh, Oscars when it comes to acting is Kate Blanchett this year. Uh, she plays this uh, com- musical composer and conductor and we follow her rise and fall. Uh, one of the most amazing movies I've seen in quite a while. I I think I said it at that time and I stand behind it. I don't think Luke will like this, but this is a very me movie. Uh, 8 out of 10 uh, on IMDb, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, and my number 4. And I gave it a 9.5 at the time. Alright, my number 3. I'm going to go with Nope, the Jordan Peele movie. Uh, A Mm -hmm. man and his sister discover something sinister in the skies above their California horse ranch. While the owners of the nearby theme park tries to profit from the mysteriously phenomenon. Uh, It's got 6.9 out of 10 on IB, 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Yeah, it was just a really all-around good film. Uh, It It was, yeah. I even said at the time, I think this was my favorite of his. So, um, and I think it really expanded his, what, repertoire of films where he's not, it is. This was a horror movie to a degree, but more sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So it feels like he's moving outside of his comfort zone, which I like that about it. I'm very, very happy that you have it on the list because it was so long on my list. Uh, I had it up and I had it down and I had it up and I had it down. And mm-hmm. if we had, if we had done uh, <laughs> a top six favorite movies of the year, it would probably be my number six. Like, no joke. Yeah, there were two movies that we'll talk about in the honorable mentions that were, like, uh, in and out a few times on my list, yeah. Right. Yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm very happy to see it here. Uh, My number three, no no fucking uh, uh, cap. Uh, It's Wedge, the Al Jankovic story. I don't think I have laughed that much in fucking years uh it is a biologic uh, biographical parody movie uh with uh eric apple and this is his uh dear uh, directorial debut look and i didn't know that 
Uh, I'm a little more even impressed by that, to be honest. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe uh, plays uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, uh, even Rachel Wood plays Madonna. <laughs> it is fucking hilarious, mm-hmm. and it is just a yeah, a really really funny movie. Uh, seven out of ten on IMDb, eighty three percent on IMDb uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, and like I said, my number three. My number two, uh, this one came out in January, so a long ways back, Clean, with Adrian Brody. Do you remember this movie? No, I think I need to see it, because I don't think I have. Maybe you did. A tormented rubbish man named Clean tries to live a quiet life of redemption, but when his good intentions make him the target of a local crime boss, he must must soon reconcile uh, with the violence of his past. Uh... It's got really low. It's got 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 46% on Rotten Tomatoes. I gave it a uh, a 9 at the time. Um, mm. It's real. It's it's gritty. It's, you know, it's an indie movie that feels like an indie movie. It has some good actors. It's got really good music. Uh, the ending is really amazing. Uh, it's got a really nice twist ending also. Uh, yeah, I definitely recommend people go see this. Don't listen to the Rotten Tomatoes people uh, necessarily <laughs> on this one. Not seen this movie. Definitely not on my list now. And uh, I heard his number two, so I understand now that we have the same number one, because my number two is uh, The Banshees of Inisherin. I talked about it <laughs> not that long time ago. I will not go through it that much, other than saying that, yeah, it is the darkest comedy I have ever seen. It is also an amazing fucking movie. Colin Farrell, uh, Brendan Gleeson. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear your number one because I think it's also my number one look. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yep. I think it's unequivocally like... When I went through my list of best movies, yeah. it was like very obvious which one was number yeah. one. I didn't yeah. even... like. Let's see... Um, yeah, I, it was tied with clean. Like they both, I gave them both a nine. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like, but production value wise, this is way better than clean. Cause that's more mm. of an indie movie. And, uh, but that's also what I liked about that movie. But this one was mm. super high budget, very, you know, promoted all over the place. But at the same time, such a good storyline, such good acting. Mm-hmm. So so well put together and like the meaning and the moral of the story is very good and the ending was also very great mm-hmm. uh yeah so good uh you you want to read the thing or should i read the thing yeah just go through it yeah when an interdimensional rupture unravels reality an unlikely hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance 8.1 out of 10 on imdb 95 percent on rotten tomatoes so uh everybody Mm. pretty much agreed that this was like i mean just such a great movie and such uh a refreshing movie. If there was a nostalgia feel to it, even even though it was mm-hmm. like something very new. I don't know. Very good. Yeah, no, I'm not very surprised that we both have this as number one. We both love this movie to death. I gave it a ten out of ten at the time. Uh, one of the only tens I have given this this year. Uh, but uh fucking loved it. Really, really good. 
All right, honorable mentions. You want to start? Sure. Uh, the Northman, a very underrated movie. Uh, there was an indie movie very early in the year called Cosmic Dawn about a cult. That was good. Mm-hmm. Hustle, uh, where I do think that uh, he really got his acting skills through for once. Jackass Forever. Uh, Turning Red. Uh, Choose or Die was that Netflix movie about the mm-hmm. oh, yeah about the video game. Uh, Bones and All. There was a, I think it was a Brazilian movie called Pink Cloud about the pandemic that like predicted the pandemic before it happened and didn't get released till this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pray that we saw together. Uh, Ted K, which was about the Unabomber. Uh, the Woman King. Uh, Emergency. Triangle of Sadness. Uh, that also was on my list for a very long time. Uh, unbearable Weight. Uh, was a very good yeah. movie. It was like... Very uh, funny. It, I don't think it was ever going to be on my top five, but mm-hmm. uh, it was very good. Uh, Definitely the Nile. Something that I actually gave a higher score than Everything Everywhere. Beavis and Butthead do the universe. I gave a 9.5, but I don't know. It just didn't mm-hmm. end up on my on my list. Uh, Barbarian, one of the most scary fucking movies I have seen in my entire life. Uh, men. That was definitely one that was in and out of my list. Oh, yeah. That is a good one. I have that there. The Black Phone. That was good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Lou. Uh, Fresh. I had the Weird Al movie on here. Uh, I have uh, something that you will be happy I it's on, on my honorable mentions list. The Bob Burgers, <laughs> Burgers movie. Yeah, that was on mine. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, and then the Immaculate Room I had on here, which I just saw like two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, yeah definitely worth checking out. Cool. And then Clerks Three, I guess, was the last thing. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start worst movies of 2022. Look, I am so looking forward to this. Yeah, uh, there were some bad movies. Uh, I guess I when I look at my shortlist, I had two more good movies than I had bad movies on my shortlist for whatever that reason. Right. But it was really close. Well, I'm going to start with a movie that we saw together, Luke. So that will narrow it down. Uh, Anola Holmes 2, Luke. That was fucking amazing. Wow, it? okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think that's on my I, short list. I really, really hated that movie. It was bad. With a passion, yeah. I, I mean, it's a sequel, so we didn't... We saw the first one together, and we didn't... We both didn't like it. And this one takes the worst things from the first movie and makes it even worse. <laughs> That's how I go to say it. Right. It's a mystery movie with uh, Millie, uh, Bobby Brown, Harry Can- uh, Cavill, and uh, for five seconds, uh, Helena Bonham Carter. This got 94 on Rotten Tomatoes, look. 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 64% on, rot- uh, on, on Metacritic. Four out of five on Common Sense Media and a five out of ten of of IGN. 
I fucking despise this. One of the most boring shit movies I've seen this year. Alright, I saw it. Uh, let's talk about Do Revenge. I guess this is my number five, right? Yeah. Uh, Do Revenge mm -hmm. uh, with Maya Hawk. Popular Dre wants revenge on her boyfriend for publishing her sex tape, and exchange student Eleanor is haunted by a rumor these two teenagers uh. team up to take action against their tormentors. Yeah, this movie just... the The... Uh. It was more... It, not necessarily to do with the movie itself, which wasn't great. I mean, it was a pretty, mm -hmm. you know, uh, pretty standard, like, yaw movie. But the mm -hmm. the meaning behind it, the moral of the story, the, like, uh, these two people do all these terrible things, and then they get away with it at the end because one little thing happens. Um, and this was the movie... Uh, no, that this wasn't... The, this was the movie where it, it seems like they had uh, an idea of what the moral would be, but then at the end they kind of were like, oh, we can't say it that way. So the ending was so convoluted and twisted around and confusing that you were just like, mm -hmm. who's the good guy and who's the bad guy? I guess everybody's a bad guy in this scenario, right? Uh, but they make you want to – it makes you want to – uh, root for these two, even though they did all this terrible stuff. So the moral was just mm -hmm. broken in this. Uh, yeah, that was my number five. My number four is a remake of a 1984 uh, movie. It is Firestarter pew, 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 with Saka from. Uh, I was really looking forward to this movie. Yeah. And I I love Stephen King and I I was like oh this is going to be a nice cool movie no no it's just a shite movie it is uh, I, I I kind of I have to assume that you have never seen the eighty four original it's like uh, it, that is a bad movie the original so. It's just like, how do you fail to make a, a better movie than that? But uh, yeah, no, this has a giant 10% of <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, 32% uh, of Metacritic, 4.6 out of 10. Terrible, terrible movie. Nice. Okay. Did you see this? Uh, I don't remember. Oh. Hmm. Sacafron. Yeah. I think we I think I did, didn't I? Yeah, I must have. Mm. Um but I don't think I hated it as much as you, I think it's the thing. Uh mm. Honor Society uh is my number four. Oh my god. Oh what a shit movie. Very similar to Do Revenge, actually. Honor is yes. an ambitious high school senior whose sole focus is getting into an Ivy League college, assuming she can first score the coveted recommendation from her guidance counselor, Mr. Calvin. Um, this again, like, well, this was a worse movie, but mm -hmm. because the acting was worse and everything else, everything was bad about it. It kind of felt like a CW TV show or something, but it had that also really bad moral where she does all this terrible shit, horrible shit. And then in the end, she, she is the one, the victor, right? Um, mm -hmm. she even like right at the end is like, she has these two friends who are 
uh, help her through this whole movie get to where she wants to be. And then right at the end, she's just like, you know what? You guys are stupid for believing yeah, me. And fuck you. Yeah, yeah, and fuck you. Right. <laughs> and that, and they portray it in that in that moment as like she's doing a oh. good. She's helping these girls. They they are helping. Yeah. It was like, oh my Did gosh. See this? Did we see this? We together? This was the one we saw together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were both oh. just like, what? Ha- what? That like yeah. she's and then she ends up getting everything she wants in the end because. Mm. Uh, because she gets sexually harassed by somebody, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like, just be a horrible person, and then in the end, if you, you're going to get what you want, basically. It, it, if you manipulate people enough. It, yeah, it was just... It was gross in that way more than anything else, but also a very bad movie, so... Well, my number three, and uh, I am ready for the question, what version do you mean? <laughs> right, because my my number three is Pinocchio, <laughs> and you can and you can actually ask what Pinocchio do you mean, bro? <laughs> uh, I mean the terrible, terrible, terrible Disney remake uh, with Robert Zemeckis. No, I didn't like Galmoro del Toro's uh, Pinocchio. But <laughs> Robert Zemeckis was actually worse. <laughs> I never saw the other one, by, but I heard it was by terrible. a long shot. Yeah, <laughs> by a long shot. Uh, uh, this has twenty-seven on Rotten Tomatoes, a five point uh, one out of ten on IMDb. Uh, it's 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 just without passion. It's without good animation. And they fucked up the whole storyline. It's just terrible. They they fucked everything up. They made they made a terrible version of a very good uh, movie. Uh, they took away the smoking, uh, like uh, for example, uh, and I think this like the product placement in this is atrocious there's so many disney references in 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 the first like scene of the clocks and it's just like yeah terrible terrible pinocchio i i i i mean i could almost have like uh because i think there's like three or four versions of pinocchio this year and i'm amazed that disney got got to fuck it this uh, badly out that it's my number three uh, my number, my number three, the Requin, uh, with Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> that was such an amazing movie. How dare you look? There's terror in paradise when Jalen and Callie, <laughs> Kyle travel to a remote seaside villa in Vietnam for a romantic getaway. A storm descends, reducing the villa to little more than a raft, sweeping sweeping the young couple out to sea. Suddenly, another danger appears when a school of great white sharks, uh, with her injured husband watching helplessly she must battle the deadly predators all alone it's got 2.6 out of 10 on 9b 19 percent on rotten tomatoes i remember them them falling asleep in that mansion of theirs and all of a sudden being uh sees it was so bad the special effects were terrible the acting was terrible the concept is just stupid uh the ending was also like really really dumb like uh it, it had just the 
an ending where you're like, why? That's what is the meaning? Is there a meaning to this? No, there's no meaning. It's just dumb. Well, you can say that about my number two as well. Look, because it's Morbius time. Morbin time. Oh, fucking hell. What an atrociously bad movie. This would have been my number six, I think, for sure, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> so it's based on Marvel Comics. It's, it is the worst Marvel movie. There, there we are. Um, it has uh, Jared Leto and Matt Smith in it. It has 5.2 out of 10 on uh, IMDb. A, a whooping 15% on Rotten Tomato look. That's amazing. Uh, uh, that's that's a lie. It actually has one thousand two hundred percent. You you didn't know that? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Sorry, I yeah, lied about that. Fake news. Fake news. Yes, uh, and it's about this guy that. Uh, hey, what do you know? What I'm not going to get into this fucking movie. That is how atrocious it is. I'm not going to tell you what it is about because if you haven't seen it, I'm going to save you the fucking time. Don't. All right, my number two, Marmaduke. Yep. A messy and mischievous Marmaduke teams up with a legendary dog trainer to prove that he is the first Great Dane worth of, worthy of winning a trophy at the Westminster Dog Championship Contest. Um, mm. This was a terrible movie. This movie literally has 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has an audience score of 27%. It has a 3.4 out of 10 on IMDb, which is somehow better than the Requin. I'm not sure how that hmm. that is, but, uh, I mean, this year, most of the year when we saw a bad movie, we would just compare it directly to Marmaduke to see if it was as hmm. bad as Marmaduke. So, yeah, that's... And I think there was one movie, because this is my number two, that I think was worse than Marmaduke. Well, look, I don't. Because my number one is Marmaduke. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to beat, right? Zero percent, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. I was pretending like, oh, I haven't, I haven't that on my list. Yeah, no, I'm a bad actor, but yeah, uh, Marmaduke is my number one. Okay, my number one, something we saw pretty recently, a few, like a month or two ago, mid-century. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. A couple ran a vacation so home haunted oh. by the spirits of an architect who built it and his two wives, as well as their deranged living son. Uh, yeah, this whole movie was just totally broken. I think the thing about mm -hmm. Marmaduke is at least it's a cartoon for kids. This was mm -hmm. like trying to be a very serious horror movie and somehow got everything wrong. The audio was broken. All the acting was terrible. The cinematography was, uh, you know like a porn movie basically i think i even sent you a text message that said that um mm. and then the storyline itself is so nonsensical that i don't even know if there was a script i think they just w winged it the funny thing is that i would rather watch that than morbius one more time i think i would wa I, I would watch morbius again other than mid-century that yeah for sure really? okay. oh yeah okay Okay. At least Morbius, like you could make fun of this. I don't even think is worth watching oh, yeah, to true. joke to joke about. Yeah, yeah. That's... Remember when they brought Morbius back into the theater this year because it was a <laughs> meme? Like it got re-released into theaters because it was so bad. Yeah, not because yeah. it was a good movie. No. Yeah. Well, I have some dishonorable mentions here. <laughs> okay. 
Gilmaro del Toro's Pinocchio, because fuck that movie. Uh, Brazen. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, Last Man Down. Don't Worry Darling. The Adam Project. That was story broken also. Mm-hmm. Do you want to kill the the last movie in your uh, three movies look? Well, then you should make Halloween Ends. Uh, actually, another bad horror movie, uh, Scream, the remake, was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Blackout. Do you remember that movie? Oh, yeah, that's on my list. Yep. That was, uh, on my short, short list. Um, oh, it was it was in and out of my list. That 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 would be my number six probably if it's not another movie that I will talk about soon. Marry me. That was stupid. <laughs> uh, the bubble. Uh, the three five five. Another movie probably made by the CIA. Oh my god, that was the king's daughter. That was so fucking long. My number five. I didn't see that one. Uh, the three, oh, uh, the Interceptor. Terrible. That remember that terrible movie? Yeah. Uh, it was so <laughs> stupid. It was just like, why are we watching this? Why is it taking place in yeah. this area? Who are the bad guys? I remember that was the thing. It's yeah. like you never know who the bad guys are. Yeah, the princess. That was uh, from very early. I think it was January. Uh, they them, which you you were like, you got to see this. This is really terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I went on my list. Blackout. Uh, unplugging. That was a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Memory look. Because that was such an amazing movie. Oh, yeah, that, that probably should have been on my list. Um, Abandoned. Abandoned? Yep. Not sure I remember that movie. I barely remember it, but it was on my list. I gave it a 2.5, <laughs> so... And then I, uh, and I, I think that's it. Yeah. Cool. Okay, next week we will do the same thing again, but then we will have TV shows of the year. Best worst TV of the year next week. Uh, yeah. So we're going to watch probably a bunch of shows this week. And uh, it's always a harder list because there's just so many oh, more TV definitely. shows than there are movies that come out each year, so... Oh. Also, you and me watch so much TV <laughs> next to movies. I know, for, like, not, in my mind, like, I already yeah. can think of, like, ten bad shows. But good shows, oh, it's like... Oh, definitely. Nothing's really jumping out at me. I don't know. What about you? Uh, Actually, I, I can think I, of one thing. I can think of one thing. I think I, think I have... I think I have a cooking show that will... That'd be a cooking show. <laughs> See what I did there, Luke. That was a good hint. Okay. Uh, in my top five best. Uh, I definitely think I can think of a worst one. Uh, yeah. I guess There's we'll see lot. next week. Next week will be good. I haven't even started my list, so I don't. E I I haven't even started my list, but uh, so I have no idea. But we'll see next week. Uh, Disney hits its lowest uh, in in the stock market since March of 2020, as a Avatar misses its estimated goal uh, box office goal. Um, the expectation yeah, quite a lot actually. It says here they expected 170 million plus. 
Uh, it secured roughly 134 million in the domestic markets. Mm -hmm. Uh, that means Disney after trading on Monday was down 4.8%, you know, after the weekend, obviously, um, international markets helped to boost the film, uh, after it secured 305 million overseas. So, I mean, it's, I'm not feeling bad for them or anything. Well, we will talk about the Avatar a little bit. Uh, but Amber Heard to pay him one million to Johnny Depp in settlement of legal battle. The sum of significant uh, reduction from the eight point three five million she was ordered to pay in the six week trial. The payment ex is expected to come from her insurance carrier, so not directly out of her pocket or anything. Uh, Depp had a Depp had originally filed a fifty million defamation case against Heard. Uh, but yeah, it's gone all the way down to a million dollars, so. Yeah, uh, James Cameron, he has, uh, made other movies than, uh, Avatar. There was another one. It's a tiny, tiny independent movie that he made called Ti Titanic? Titanic? I don't know if you've seen this. Funny enough, when Titanic came out, it also was a flop in, like, the first bunch of weeks. Yes. Yeah, it was. Um, and then all of a sudden, holy fuck, everybody wanted to see it. Well, they had this huge press for uh, advertising on it. I remember seeing it on like all the talk shows. Everybody was like saying Avatar or uh, uh, saying uh, Titanic, Titanic, Titanic. And that was mm -hmm. like at a time when nobody wanted to go watch it. And then all of a sudden, all these celebrities and stuff were talking about it. And so everybody, you know, people are sheep. Um, but yeah, he, he came out this week, uh, director James Cameron is hoping to put a definitive en end to the speculation that Jack could have survived after sinking on, uh, the infamous ocean liner. This is obviously the, you know, the door theory that he could have, if uh, he, the yeah, two of them... test go ahead. Yeah, they tested this on, on Mythbusters. Many years and, ago. Uh, many years ago and came to the conclusion that yes both of them would have survived <laughs> but uh james cameron has done his own forensic uh, analysis it says we have since done this through forensic analysis with a hypothermia uh, expert who reproduced the raft from the movie two stunt people were the same body mass well, with the same body mass as kate and leo were put uh had sensors put all over them and inside and inside them? Hmm, I don't think you're allowed to do that, James Cameron. Yeah, and, that sounds a little fishy there, Mr. Cameron. And we put them in ice water and tested to see whether they could survive through a variety of methods, and the answer was there was no way they both could have survived. Only one could survive, Cameron said. But that, uh, like we said, Mythbusters, go, that goes against the Mythbusters analysis, yep. right? So now what we need is a third uh, peer-reviewed study on this because it <laughs> hasn't been discussed for enough years. No, no. It's not like we talked about it since Titanic came out or anything. Right. Oh, my God. But, uh, hey, talking about uh, James Cam Cameron, uh, he hasn't made a popular movie that's out right now, right? No, he hasn't made the new Avatar movie. Avatar 2, Electric Boogaloo. 
It's so pretty, look. I mean, it's been 15 years and it's got, like, the same actors and stuff, which, in the live... I mean, with the animated part, it doesn't matter, but the live-action stuff, you know, kind of matters. Yeah. So I assume they're going to go forward in time quite a bit to, like, uh, account for they, that. This, yeah, I, I read a review that a lot of this is about Jake Sullivan's kids. Oh, that makes sense. All right. But this underwater thing, I mean, it is very pretty. What's well, super hard to find reviews for this movie is that absolutely no one. Right, there's like, everybody's talking about this. I mean, the animation looks really good in certain parts, and then in other parts it looks yeah. kind of, uh, cartoony, I guess. Mm-hmm. I would be interested in the Avatar TV show. Uh, I guess, well, they're doing, like, three more of these, right? Yeah, uh, they, well, Cameron said that he had storylines for five movies. I think that they already, like, uh, made they a deal. They have recorded number three, yeah, so they have recorded number three as the same of this. Right. So did it, they did it in the same time. They had a deal to anyway. do four or five of them or something, though, yeah. Um, right. But uh, look, what is this actually probably going to be Oscar-nominated movie all about? Because I have heard a lot of about that. Yeah, animation, probably, right? Uh, Jake S Sully and Natiri have formed a family and are doing everything to stay together. However, they must leave their homes and explore the regions of Pandora when an ancient threat services... Jake must fight a difficult war against the humans. 78% mm -hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 68% on Metacritic, 94% of Google users liked it. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, like like we said, James Cameron is the director. It was pretty hard to find bad reviews for this. No joke. Really? I didn't Thank have a problem. You. On IMDb, it, it was pretty easy to find some bad ones. Well, Dylan uh, from Rotten Tomatoes gave it one star that great visuals can't save a cheap plot and bad script. They took the new a new concept for the movie and ruined it. Sorry. I feel bad for all uh, invested in this movie. Avatar 1 was great. Oh, he liked that one. Okay. Um, but uh, this was a sad Americanized version of what? <laughs> one's great story. I'm not sure you saw the first one. It, it was American movie. <laughs> that was such a Pocahontas story. Jesus Christ, the first one is Pocahontas. Oh no, it's uh, uh what's the uh, Fern Gully, the cartoon Fern it's Gully. It's Fern Gully. It's mixed with Pocahontas. Yes. Yeah, maybe. Um. I got one from the IMDb. Let's do a bad one, I guess, to match yours. Uh, Anticlimax of the Century from uh, Sakazi-5765417 says the graphics mm. were n not 
much better than the original. The storyline was mundane and pedestrian. Uh, I almost fell asleep at one point. There was not a single wow moment here. The 3D was average. The acting was lame. There was no deep moral or other issue here that was not already explored in countless other low-budget movies over the years. I saw the movie with my wife and kids, and none of us were impressed. Mm. One out of ten. Uh, Anna M said visually, uh, one star. Visually, this movie is amazing. The story is completely unappealing. Superficial, yet attempting to be meaningful. Also, the story provided no real closure. I guess uh, it's hoping of making a part three. Yes, it is. Uh, but uh, to do that, the audience uh, that sat through your three hour long film. I think will uh, is plain disrespectful. It's a nope for me. Uh, ten out of ten. Fantastic says Colin Dunn. Nineteen. Uh, excellent continuation with few plot holes or mistakes that come uh, with many sequels. The emotional struggle and logistic issues with the main characters uh, that the main characters face are relatable and meaningful. The CGI was excellent, allowing you to feel immersed in that world and really let your mind go. This has been one of the few movies that has made me want to return to the theater in an age when I can just stream anything, oh, almost anything I want, on my 65-inch TV in the comfort of my own home. I mean, that's pretty good endorsement, I guess. Like, yeah, as far as, mm. like, you can't do the 3D thing at home well also thing that come out this week is the almond and the seahorse i mean of all titles of a movie that's a bad one it sounds um, like it's based off of a, a song or something doesn't it yeah it does it also sounds like someone with a little like brain fart <laughs> like, what am i supposed to call this oh i have an almond here how do i draw a seahorse aha <laughs> okay, but anyway, uh, it's an alcohol. <laughs> I almost said alcoholist. <laughs> alcoholist? <laughs> what, what is an alcoholist? I don't, uh, I don't think that's ar- a thing. <laughs> Archaeologist. That's hard. And an architect. Fight to remain uh, the future after. Tra- oh, that's funny. Traumatic brain injury, leaving them adrift from people they love. Sounds like an amazingly fun movie. Uh, with Rebel Wilson and Celil Jones. Uh, 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. 8% on Rotten Tomatoes, look. That's amazing. Uh, 42% on Metacritic. 8% on Metacritic. No, Rotten Tomatoes makes me want to see this, though. That's, that's, hmm. Okay. That's very low. And it's got a weird title also for no reason. So Yeah. Uh, lullaby. A new mother discovers a lullaby in an ancient book and regards the song as a blessing, but her world transforms into a nightmare when the lullaby brings forth an ancient demon, Lilith. Uh, seven, 71% uh, of Google users liked it. 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Let's see. I don't see a Rotten Tomatoes score anywhere, so... Well, then it's a French documentary. A French writer and 2022 Nobel laureate Anne Knox uh, shares home videos uh, shot by then husband Philip from 1972 to 
one. 62 on, no, sorry. 6.5 on uh, out of 10 on IMDb. 91 on Rotten Tomatoes. 3.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd. So somebody's old home movies is what you're going to be watching with that yes. one. Um, Saving Grace. Sounds- Riveting, doesn't it? It could be good. I don't know. Uh, a woman leaves her violent city past behind and becomes a remote carer, but she discovers that her demons have followed her, turning her rural tranquility into a terrifying nightmare. Um, no, it's got 3.1 out of 10. Wait, no. That 3.1 on Voodoo. Don't know. It, I don't see any other scores. So. Hmm. So, what movie do you want to see the most? Um, uh, I, it's I guess Avatar. I don't really want to see Avatar though. Really? I don't want to see Avatar either. But I, I don't, don't really want to see, want to see s- any of the movies there. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, Lullaby is kind of a close second, I guess, but. Yeah, I kind of want to see Almond of the Seahorse just to see. If it's actually that bad. Yeah. I have a feeling that's like a glitch or something in the scoring. Glitch in the Matrix. Right. Uh, Coming next week, News of the Week, TV and Movies of the Week. We're going to do top five best and worst TV shows of this year. Uh, Another digital review of Babylon. Mm Mm-hmm. The new David... uh, No, uh, Daniel... uh, Oh, my God. What is his last name again? Uh, isn't it the same guy that uh, did uh, that dancing movie that you fucking hate? I don't know. I I don't even. I don't think I've heard or seen a trailer or anything for this film, but I definitely heard that it was coming out. I just don't know what it's about or who's in it or anything. So, mm. it sounds like it's going to be about the Bible. <laughs> we will see. Uh, Jeremy Round! Pew, 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 pew! Uh, yeah, what's going on on, on YouTube? Uh, there was the H3 live show last night, did you... I watched it live. No, I have not had time. Okay, it, it was fun, you know, it's cool to see in front of a live audience, they kind of get to interact with the audience, but they're just doing the same kind of show they normally do, it's just they're able to have a live audience there to interact with and... Um, it was not a great quality stream, I guess, but, you know, it was, it was decent and they had some good content. Uh, and on, on the live show, uh, both of them were reinstated to Twitter cause they had gotten booted off of Twitter a while. And so live mm. on the live show, they were both found out they had been put back on Twitter. That was kind of interesting with the whole Twitter saga. I saw some, I saw some chess boxing though. Was that this week? Oh, so. I guess that was yeah. this week, right? I guess so, yeah. Because yeah. we did the show early last week. We did it on Tuesday, mm-hmm. that's why. Okay. <laughs> I didn't watch it. Did you... You watched it? No, I watched some of it, yeah. Oh, okay. I just saw people yeah, talking yeah. about it. I saw the Swell video. I saw a few people mm-hmm. talking about it. Uh, she she was there. Uh, she... Or they... Uh, what's his name? The guy, the main guy who put it Ludwig. on. Ludwig. Ludwig didn't actually do chess boxing necessarily. He did chess no. slapping. <laughs> uh, Jetlag the game. Have you ever seen their YouTube channel? I don't think so. Let me look it up. 
it is very very funny it's very like it's they uh i think their first series they they uh, race around the world it's just very very funny very funny for me to see some americans i think you would recognize some of them uh especially the, the one guy i i think you have have seen before well, let me look at some thumbnails uh, and maybe okay there's it's a two i see two teams of people here mm -hmm. none of them really look super familiar i guess this guy looks he but he looks like every generic white guy i've ever seen so i don't know is that but dream because yeah, they... he looks like dream <laughs> but yeah now they played for example like connect four uh through yeah American i see States, and they the it just started there. six months ago so yeah yeah a new show uh started yeah oh so did they have like another channel somewhere uh no 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 it's it's just that uh that was the new, the first one oh i see okay they have different games but yeah no i recommend it i think you will find it uh fun all right i'll i'll put that here uh dumpster fire pod did they make another one yet that's what i look i looked no. last night before i went to bed and it had been nine days and they had not made another yeah. um i episode. really really hope they will make a new one i was wondering if you liked it or you because it kind of seemed like maybe it would be something you wouldn't like but you like it yeah no i loved it okay loved it um, they kind of did, in, they did a s short video on hit on the Oompaville channel saying like, mm -hmm. uh, there's a good chance that this, we're not going to continue this. And it, uh, you know, there was some problems with production because Nick obviously doesn't live in Texas, but he was, he didn't mm -hmm. even know how long he was going to be there. Yeah. The, and they don't have another episode up yet. So I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, Maybe it, it was one and done. It could be. I guess so. Why make a whole channel for one video? I know. And not only that, they made a whole deal about like how much he spent on all the new equipment and all this other I stuff. I know. I know. But I think that's maybe a part of the gimmick. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, if his whole goal was to get talked about on like uh, other podcasts and stuff, it worked to get like his it name worked, out there. Definitely. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I have to say that, like, for me, Eurovision season has started. All uh, the countries are now sending out uh, their mm -hmm. uh, songs. It it began, really, it started uh, last week, because we have had, actually, a final. Uh, in Ukraine, uh, we have had a final. Uh, all the songs for... Uh, Spain is out, uh, Estilao is out, yeah, so Eurovision season has very much blasted, but we will not begin with that uh, until we are done with our all our tournaments, so we will Yeah, we gotta wait until of, we at least have January. a few uh, finalists, you know, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Um... I think that's about it. I, 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 not a lot going on on YouTube, really. I mean, there's a lot of Twitter drama happening, but uh, there's like still the whole Twitter files coming out, which is kind of interesting, kind of not interesting. It just seems to be being like, buried with by other news. So, 
Yeah, and we don't have it in news because it's not really news, but like Elon Musk have threatened to to yeah. Twitter. Uh, he said he will do it. Well, hmm. He had a specific quote, but he basically was like, "I may do. I'm thinking about doing like leaving." And it's right. I need. I need to find a moron. Right. It's, <laughs> that's that's what, what I heard too. Is like, is the, yeah. yeah, find somebody to replace him. But who would it be? Like, uh, it's just gonna be Jack Dorsey. That's like, right? Yeah. I don't know. Or your stomach. It could be your stomach. I know. My stomach. I, I need to eat. I didn't eat this morning. <laughs> well, I saw Mr. Beast where it was like, I want it. I want Twitter. Give it to me. Oh, that was a funny. Yeah, that was a funny tweet. Yeah. I, I, it was, you know, I don't see it happening, but it would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. Okay. Merry whatever. If you don't celebrate Christmas, have a good time. If you celebrate Hanukkah, have a great time. If you're Muslim, have an amazing time. If you're Hindi, have an amazing time. Just have it amazing. Until we talk to you next week, it's going to be our last episode of the year. But I can tell you a secret. It's not a secret, really. But I paid for a year or more of hosting this fucking podcast so Luke is not allowed to quit yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to be around for at least a little while longer. <laughs> okay. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. Another, di- another, digi- another digital citizen. 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 Another digital citizen.